like a fetish club for your ears. Grab a hot drink and turn down the lights. Coming across the airwaves and into bedrooms everywhere, BDSM United is bringing you non-violent, consensual kink education. This isn't for the kiddos or for the cookie-cutter conservative vanilla prunes. We'll be talking bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism, and more today on this BDSM United podcast. So we've all logged into FetLife at one time or another, uh, if you've been involved in the scene at all. And uh, we've all seen that 18-year-old master, that 18-year-old who claims that he is a master. And he's looking for a slave or a slut by night, a princess by day, or, you know, he's looking for a friend with benefits. <laughs> He's looking for, you know, a one-night stand or a hookup or something. Uh, but, you know, it makes you ask yourself, regardless of what he's looking for, makes you ask yourself, um, uh, how is this 18-year-old kid a master? He's, he's still a teenager. He's practically a kid himself. And so, uh, in a lot of ways, he probably still is a kid. He can't, he can't in, a lot, in, uh, in the States here, he, he can't drink alcohol. He's uh, 18. Uh, I think in some states he just was able to buy cigarettes at uh, when at his birthday. Because in a lot of states here you have to be 18. Um, so you know it's uh, there. There's still things in our system that he can and can't do at 18 year old at 18 years old. So when did he? You know where did he gain all of this experience? Uh, does he have months and months of experience at 18? <laughs> does that qualify him to be this master? And, uh, you know, and, and who is even falling for that? You know, who, who is, says, you know, who sees an 18 year old master on there and says, you know, I think he's got his shit together. I, I think that I want to hook up with him. I want to be his, I want to submit to him. I want to be his slave. And so it's a little ridiculous, and, uh, you know, you got to take things that you find online, obviously, with a grain of salt. Primal Piggy here uh, with the B this BDSM United podcast as I continue talking about some of these things that are, uh, like, very foundational uh, things for new people that are becoming involved in BDSM. And I really wanted to bring up titles because uh, I don't want you to get into into BDSM when you're brand new. I don't want you to automatically just assume that or take people at the face value for what they present themselves to be. But on the other hand, I also don't want you to overlook someone who may actually uh, sincerely be a very good resource, somebody who may be somewhat of a mentor, someone that can maybe point you in the right direction with resources that you need. Um, you know, somebody that's a lot like myself, that's uh, involved in BDSM or has been involved long enough that we are uh, involved in the education side. Uh, maybe we, uh, like me, uh, maybe it's somebody who hosts munches or hosts uh, other types of events and uh, is uh, somebody who can you know, point you in a good direction. 
Uh, oftentimes when you're starting, you don't really know where to start and you don't know you, uh, you don't know what questions to ask. You don't know what you need. And so this is one of those things that I wanted to just kind of briefly throw out there is uh, we wanted to talk really quickly about titles or, you know, or real early in the discussion. We want to talk about titles. And so I'm going to give you some of the traditional, some of the history a little bit. I always kind of throw that in there because a lot of people still in modern BDSM don't know the history so they don't know where these things even came from. They don't know. They just think this is just arbitrary stuff that, you know, somebody made up. And, uh, you know, they and so oftentimes they'll even try to challenge it and try to do their own thing. And um, and like and that's where we get things like an 18 year old master from and uh, <laughs> stuff like that. So uh, traditionally titles were earned. Uh Titles uh, traditionally like honorifics and honorific is like a, a title that you would give uh, honor to uh, uh, someone who's on the more dominant side. Someone's on who's in the what they would call the the left side of the slash. Because a lot of times you'll see uh, things written like D slash S, and uh, so the the left side of the slash is where the dominant falls, and the right side of the slash is where the submissive falls. Uh, and so we'll you, a lot of times you'll hear it referred to as a D-type and an S-type. A D-type is, of course, the dominant, and the S-type is the submissive in a relationship or in a dynamic and uh, in the lifestyle and the culture, all those things. And so for a D-type... Uh, oftentimes, the uh, titles were earned based on uh, skill level and mastery. Uh, people would, within local clubs, this is before the internet existed. People in local clubs would uh, would uh, show they would present to the members of that club that were in good standing that had been involved for uh, you know in, for a long time. They would show and prove themselves that they had gained a level of mastery uh, in certain areas or certain kinks and protocols and those kinds of things. And the, the, uh, it would become uh, accepted within that local club and whatever, sim maybe a symbol would be uh, affixed to it, but oftentimes the title would be accepted that this person has gained the title of and should now know, be known as uh, sir or daddy or dominant or master, depending on uh, where in the hierarchy, in the ranking system, which was kind of brought over uh, from military rank and military, uh, you know, military rank has, you know, people start at, out as this, uh, as a private and a corporal and a, uh, and then, um, a sergeant, and they go, go kind of goes on up, and then there's officers, uh, and 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 things like that, and so um, there's uh, there's all different types of rank, and so that's where you know the men uh, that were originally involved in BDSM, they had a military background, uh, most of them, and they would they brought that hierarchy, that military hierarchy, and that's where these titles came from. Uh, and of course, the titles don't have anything to do with private or corporal or, or actual military things. They created their own titles 
uh, back then, but they were things like Master and Elder and um, Dominant. They had uh, some some clubs. It, it would be it would it depended on which local club you were involved in. There wasn't it wasn't necessarily um, the same all across the board, and uh, so different clubs would have different. Uh, criteria and different and may have slightly different titles uh, some may have a dominant and, and a sir and a master and a daddy and other ones may just you know may one of those titles may not be there but master was basically a uh, almost a universal one and to gain mastery took many years and uh, lots of proving yourself within the community lots of showing that you knew the protocol and you knew uh, how to, you know, how to lead and how to command uh, a submissive's attention and how to scene and um, how to care for your submissive. And so the master meant mastery, like you were you mastered something somewhat like a master's degree. You, you know, you go to school for an extra period of time and uh and it is showing that you have a specific you specialize in something with a master's degree more so than a more generalized undergraduate degree and so it uh I'm, you know it shows a level of mastery and so but you know the internet came around and when the internet came around things modernized and uh local clubs all kind of uh uh local clubs of course you know like the internet because they could uh, now glean one from another. But then the negative side of the Internet is that people became involved anonymously with BDSM uh, because, uh, you know, with a, with a screen and uh, the, the other person, uh, you know, in, before there was even pictures on the Internet, there was just words. And so you had your username and you just had these words about who you were and it was uh, like uh, internet chat, and that was before there was these things called graphic user interfaces, and that's where uh, you now have a lot more pictures and media. It took a lot of uh, growth with the internet for bandwidth to where you could really even swap pictures, and, and now you can have these videos and these kinds of things. So we can, we can see more of who people are or, you know, we see what they show us, of course, but we can see more of who they are uh, today than when the Internet first came about. Uh, it was just username and a text. And so in, unless you met somebody in person, you didn't know exactly who they were. And so people began to give themselves self-appointed titles. And so that's where those that's where a lot of titles, uh, you know, were. Uh, lots of things changed with the internet, and that was one of them. And so today, really, for the most part, uh, it is still that way where uh, titles come from preference. And so I think it's it's okay that it's that way. It's okay that you give yourself a title based on your preference, but uh, there needs to be something backing it up just a little bit more than just preference. It's difficult to be a master uh at 18 years old, of course, because 18 is when is when it is acceptable to be become involved in BDSM. So BDSM is not for minors, and it never has been. Uh, nobody is uh, 
uh, out there or nobody should be out there grooming young people to become involved in uh, or, you know, to to become 18 year old masters. Uh, <laughs> the Nobody is uh, uh, is out there, uh, you know, trying to get kids involved in BDSM. There's no um, unlike religion or something like that. There's no indoctrination for younger people to uh, to become involved. We wait until uh, uh, people are adults and they're of a legal age, and then uh, it is acceptable for them to become uh, to gain experience and become involved in BDSM. And so, uh, with a, a self-appointed title, it really should be uh, something that there should be something that backs that up. If you are dominant, then you should be able to assert dominance. And you, or you should be developing your uh, ability to assert dominance. And if you're a dominant, if you're saying you're a dominant, then you should be looking for a submissive partner, uh, or you should, uh, you know, be uh, be uh, hoping for a submissive partner. And so, if you uh, right now on Fat Life, there's a lot of people that will use the word dom uh, to uh, and to just say that they're some kind of macho man. They're not looking for a submissive partner. Uh, they're looking for uh, uh, somebody to come and bottom. In other words, they're looking to either give a kink or give their penis to somebody who will, uh, in, you know, let them put it in one of their holes. And so it's nothing really more than that. And so they're you kind of misusing the word dominant because... Uh, or dom because dom is a title it's a dominant and it belongs on the on the left side of the slash and on the right side should be a submissive you should you shouldn't call yourself a dom unless you're looking for truly a submissive partner and you're looking for a power exchange relationship uh, you should really the the correct term is a top if you just have a penis and all of your pictures are a penis and you're just trying to put a penis in someone else's holes doesn't matter who's whose they are or who exactly you're looking for and it doesn't matter what type of penis you have and what kind of holes they have it just you know those types of relationships are the the appropriate title is top and bottom uh you can also put on there that you're versatile if you're looking to uh get things put uh, you know in your holes too or something so <laughs> if you're uh, looking to both or you're looking to be given kinks or receive kinks and so if you're just in the in the uh if you're just involved in bdsm to give and receive kinks which is perfectly fine there's nothing wrong with it at all uh, being in a relationship dynamic doesn't is not any more uh any more bdsm than the other it's not like um it's just two totally different things and so if you're a top and a bottom then you're involved in the exchange of kinks and uh uh, you, you know, you are just doing scenes, play scenes with other people. Maybe the same person over and over again. Maybe different people. None of that really matters. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're uh, monogamous or or um, polyamorous or non-monogamous in, in any way. And it also doesn't really matter. It doesn't have to be sexual at all. So um, I just used the... Um, uh, the example of, of of a penis looking for holes because there's a lot of uh, um, 
since the pandemic, a lot of swingers have kind of taken over uh, FetLife, which is uh, our FetLife.com is our um, social network for the fetish community. It's the, one of the most popular ones. It's the one that I use for events and, and different types of things. And so um, we really want to bring up, uh, get back to this, we really want to bring up titles. You know, on one extreme, there's that 18-year-old master that, uh, you know, he assumes that because he's a man and he's dominant and that, you know, he decides to introduce himself as master so-and-so. And, -so, and uh, he gives him, you know, he gives this title to himself. And then on the other extreme, you might meet somebody who uses the word master in front of their name, and they've been involved in BDSM for decades. They've slowly gained enough wisdom and skill and seniority that other masters and dominants and submissives in the scene will, will call them by their title, master so-and-so. And so, um, you know, in the first case, it's just based on somebody's ego and their aspirations. You know, they don't know anything about anything, really. Or they, if they know stuff, they don't know very much. Um, that title, you know, and then in the second case, the title of master is a recognition of actual rank and of accomplishment, uh, indicating that, you know, others consider this person to have mastered a body of knowledge and skills and, and really making them capable of giving you good advice and even judging the capabilities of others, allowing, to, you know, helping you vet other people. And so, uh, or vet your potential play partners, you know, that sort of thing. And so this master could be a valuable resource for you. And so while the first could be anything from just a harmless poser to a dangerous predator. And so could be somebody catfishing, you know, that, that could be the, the case as well. Uh, you know, telling you one thing and really kind of delivering something different. So, you know, titles uh, are often, you know, appropriate, appropriate sometimes just within uh, a role play relationship. And so you really shouldn't use those titles on something like FetLife. If, if, if all you do is role play as master so-and-so, you would put your title as a top. And then you can say that, you know, in your description, in your bio, that, you know, my partner calls me master so-and-so and, -so and we, I'm into a master-slave role play or something like that. And that's perfectly acceptable. That's a, you know, that's a great kink for those who enjoy it. And so, but uh, a, a scene-specific title is not the same as a title for, uh, uh, that you would go about and and call yourself, you know, uh, the, your, it's not a, a, a scene-specific title is, uh, is not the same as an identity. That's the best way to put it. And so there are things like roles that we play. Uh, you know, you can, you can play the role of a doctor in a scene and act like you are a medical professional, but you wouldn't go... And advertise yourself as Dr. So-and-so uh, anywhere else because you're not a doctor. You're especially not a medical doctor. I mean, you're not, you know, 
<laughs> you, you wouldn't, uh, you know, if you don't have the degree and the knowledge to back it up, you, you don't be, you, you wouldn't go out and tell the world that you're a doctor so-and-so. You're not a doctor. You just play as a doctor in a scene, which is perfectly acceptable if that's what you're, if you're into medical play and you like, uh, you know, you want to put a speculum and put, you know, somebody's feet in stirrups and uh, go over their body with a Wartenberg wheel and uh, maybe even, you know, use get into some needle play or something like that. Medical stuff is fine. It's great kinks for those who enjoy it. But uh, and you can be a doctor and play doctor and nurse or doctor and patient all that you want within a role play in a scene. But you wouldn't go and give yourself the identity of a doctor outside of that scene because it would not be appropriate. It would be false advertising uh, to the extreme right there. It could be really dangerous. Someone coming to you for medical advice. And just because you role play a doctor in a scene, you, or, you know, would you even be willing to give it? Uh, the uh, there was a there was these funny commercials, how uh, people were watching things on TV, and uh, a woman like falls in a restaurant, another woman comes up and and they ask, oh, are you a doctor? She's like, no, I just watch lots of medical dramas on TV, and uh, she then you know does crazy things. Uh, there was another one where there was a of that same uh, type of commercial where uh, the mascot of a sports team comes up and, uh, you know, the, it comes into the huddle and tells the coach, I, I know exactly what to do. And they're like, you know, how, how do you how do you know? And he's like, I, I watch a lot of sports TV. And uh, then he gives this really terrible play that doesn't work. He goes running out of the, uh, the stadium afterwards. And so um, I just want to briefly uh, go into, you know, how do you address somebody that you don't know? And so within BDSM, uh, within the you know BDSM is a culture and it is a community, and so you'll you'll come in contact with other people, and uh, people usually refer to people exactly as they were first introduced to them. If you met somebody, uh, you know, as uh, Sir Stephen, for instance, then you know that's the name that you'll probably uh, know him by. Um, he he it, his name may not even be Stephen. <laughs> um, in this lifestyle, sometimes people use um, uh, use different names uh, just to protect their identity from the you know from within the scenes and you know uh, like Sir they may call themselves Sir John uh, you know uh, but in real life their name is is Steve it's not John. And so they're they're doing it just to protect their identity. Maybe they're in a sensitive type of career, and they really need to have a little bit of anonymity, but they still want to be involved in the BDSM community. And so, um, if if they were going to play with you, perhaps they would tell you what their real name is, their real identity. Uh, if in the during the vetting process, as it you know, if it looked like you were uh yeah you were going to play together just for the safety of uh you know your own personal safety you would want to know what their real name is in that scenario uh and so a lot of times when you meet somebody uh addressing them as yes sir or no sir yes ma'am and no ma'am uh kind of like that southern hospitality kind of uh those type of honorifics are generally acceptable 
Um, for anyone who is a, a dominant, um, oftentimes if you use sir and ma'am and, and the person is a submissive, they may tell you that they prefer not to be called sir or ma'am, uh, and then they will tell you what their name is. Uh, in, in the traditional old guard, uh, uh, sir was just, was, was usually, uh, you know, was a kind of a name that every dominant would, would somewhat be called. You know, sir, sir, so and so, sir, so and so, and then you know, uh, uh, they would be called either slave and then their name, or sub in their name. Uh, and, but there was different levels of like, uh, like slave John or uh, or boy Bill or boy. But you know, slave and boy were were mostly in the traditional sense what uh, what submissives were called. Uh, within within BDSM clubs, there was different levels of protocol. You wouldn't be at the grocery store and refer to somebody as, uh, you know, this is Slave John. This is my, you know, you, you would just refer to them as John. And you wouldn't say this is Master uh, Master Stephen. You would say this is this is uh, Stephen. This is my partner Stephen. And so, you you know, in there's different levels of protocol. So. Outside of scenes, we wouldn't call somebody Master Stephen or Slave Bill or whatever their you know whatever that is. We would just call them by their first name. If we were writing it down, perhaps we may capitalize. We would most likely capitalize the the dominant person's name, and 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 a lot of times they will write the uh, the name of the submissive person in lowercase. So like Stephen with lowercase, as opposed to Stephen with a capital S. If they were a dominant, and so um, in correspondence, you would pro that would be acceptable if you knew that somebody was a submissive to not capitalize their name if you wanted to. Um, oftentimes, uh, autocorrects and kind of things will do it for you these days. So, um, you know, it's kind of a thing of your personal preference. So, sir and ma'am is is really a good way, and then just uh, uh, uh. uh if they are a, uh, if you know their their first name, you could call them sir, or or or. Uh, so you you know like a sir and then their name, you could call them Sir Stephen or something like that. And it would probably be acceptable. A lot of times people will tell you what they prefer to be called, and then you would just call somebody Stephen if they were a submissive. Just call them by their first name. That would be the easiest way to do it. Uh, the the fem in the feminine side of uh, titles uh, are a little different. A, a dominant is generally preferred to as a dame, which is D O M M E. Uh, sometimes people will just call themselves dom uh, and and spell it either either or. It, dom can be somewhat gender neutral, uh, and then um, and this is. You know, in regards to female presenting or male presenting persons, um, uh, there's definitely, uh, you know, people will oftentimes, you can assume that who, who someone is, you can ask who someone is, either, you know, either or something of that nature. Um, you know, you can ask them what pronouns they use. That's a good acceptable way to find uh, the corresponding uh, gender type language. Uh, and then if they use the, they or them, uh, you, of course you can ask them. You know what? What? How do you prefer I address you? That sort of thing. You know, it's it. You just do the best that you can, and people will oftentimes they'll correct you 
and and tell you what they prefer, what their preferences are. Um, uh, sometimes if you speak to someone who's sub sub a submissive, they may refer you to their dominant partner and, and it, you know, call me whatever my dominant partner um, prefers. And so uh, some of those types of things. And then, uh, you know, there's also uh, mistress. Uh, there's master, of course, and mistress. Uh, usually a lot of times... Uh, uh, you know, miss sometimes work or misses sometimes works. Uh, people generally don't like to use the word madam because it kind of describes a female owner of a brothel and uh, in the past. And so madam, you know, would most likely I wouldn't, you know, you would just master or mistress would probably work if you knew they were involved in an MS type of relationship. It'd be like mistress, mist, mistress and slave, master and slave. And so... Um, that kind of covers titles right there. Of course, like I said, there's different levels of protocol. Uh, there's a, like a low protocol, which is uh, like used in every day um, in public spaces around people who are vanilla, people who are not kinky. Um, there would be a certain uh, degree of low protocol there. You definitely wouldn't want to, in a low protocol in the grocery store, you want to address people uh, in, in a way that doesn't out them. You don't want to uh, out somebody as in being involved in BDSM because they, you know, uh, they may not want others to know, uh, you know, uh, their 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 involvement. It may not be safe for them, according to their career, according to, um, uh, you know, any kind of legal things that they have going on with uh, visitation of children and and different types of things. Uh, uh, if they're going through a divorce, you know, uh, involvement may be used against them, things like that. And so, and so there's a low protocol there. There's somewhat of a medium protocol, uh, and that would be at any type of possibly a munch or an event, any kind of BDSM club. Uh, you know, on there's that medium protocol would be anyone, any correspondence on FetLife, uh, something like that. And you know, and then some events you may attend. Uh, you, if you see the words high protocol, uh, you'll definitely want to take a lot of care and consideration about, um, uh, in, about asking. You may want to ask the host a lot of questions to see if, it, if you'll even be a good fit for a high protocol event because there's a lot of things to know. There's quite a learning curve. You may want to see if there's some type of orientation that you can take you know, before uh, attending a high protocol event because their high protocol is uh, like the, the most strict. Uh, it is the most uh, heavy on on uh, etiquettes and in uh, those types of things. And so uh, there will be definitely, you know, you may not even be allowed to speak to somebody else's submissive or slave in a high protocol. Uh, scenario and or high protocol event and so you definitely want to double check and so if you see high protocol that if you're a new person uh, you, that may be something that you need to learn about first before you become involved in a high protocol event or put yourself in a high protocol situation uh, especially if you're a submissive because that can uh, uh, there's a lot of extra special protocols for all submissives in a high protocol uh, scene. And so, anyways, my name is 
Primal Piggy. You can find me on Facebook at The Primal Piggy, all one word. And um, uh, we also host a free educational website called Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape. You can find that page on Facebook at WCDTBDSM. All those letters together. It's called Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape on Facebook. Uh, there's over 110,000, 112,000 people following uh, that page. And so uh, lots of uh, uh, interactions there. We also have a private Facebook group uh, called BDSM Education Group. You can find the link to that on uh, the Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape Facebook page. Uh, it is the official group that we have. Um, there's uh, around 850 people right now anywhere between 850 and 1,000 typically, um, all learning about BDSM there. And so that is a really great group, great resource for you. Uh, and those things are free, just like this podcast is free. And so uh, we've been involved in uh, BDSM education for adults, teaching non nonviolent consensual BDSM since 2012. And so we've been at this for a long time. Uh, I haven't I haven't been involved with whips, chains, and duct tape that long, but uh, I have the last couple of years. And so, all right, uh, thank you for listening to this bot- podcast, and have a great rest of your day. <laughs>